going on um no i'm just writing to-do lists for the week oh yeah womp womp kind of fun but also kind of boring (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i love a good to-do list but i don't love someone else's to-do list (laughs) yeah no it's pretty boring i have one for my personal life and one for work and they they're both getting to the point where I'm like, why haven't I done these things? Like it's the it's just the same to do list that I've written every day for the past like three months. Oh yeah, I a hundred percent do that. And then you just like rewrite them, and you're like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah. And then you just like crumple it up, throw it away, and like rewrite it just because you're like, I, but like it's the same to do list. Like I know it's the same to do list, but maybe if it's like fresh and new, I'll actually do it. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do anything on these lists. (laughs) There is always a thing with, like, certain jobs, I feel like, where there's just always... It's like you do your normal tasks, and then there are all these other things that are, like, you don't really have to do them, but you kind of have to do them. And so you put them off and put them off, and then they become, like, such an obstacle that when you finally have to do them, you're like, I could never. I could never (laughs) do this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it's so... Because, like, my personal to-do list is the same way and it's like I kind of have to do these things but like I can also just take them off my to-do list and my life would be fine (laughs) but then there's also things like do your taxes where it's like no you actually have to do that but it's like all mixed in with like all of the other stuff you know so like if my to-do list was literally just the things that I have to do to survive it would be like two things it would be so easy (laughs) but I do I like add it in with like make a hair appointment and like get a gym membership and things that like I know I'm not gonna do for the next six months but (laughs) like they're on there anyway (laughs) yeah and do your taxes is a tricky one because that one will seem at first like your life is the same even if you don't do it but then your life is not the same (laughs) that's not true everyone do your taxes (laughs) Yes, do your taxes. Um, Well, it is a cold, rainy day here in LA. I am like, I've heard. Oh, oh, have you? (laughs) From who? I skyped with Brittany this morning. (laughs) Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, are my cats talking to you behind my back? (laughs) Yeah, our cats are psychically linked, and Shuni told me. I mean, that could still be true. We don't know. That's not true. Oh, man. Well, Brittany is correct. It's very chilly. I have my, like, footy pajamas on and my, like, cat yeah. hat that Christine gave me. And, oh, man, it's very chilly. Nice. I've got my tea. And John and his friend are watching movies in the background. So you might hear them break in every now and then. Hopefully oh, not. Great. <laughs> oh, great. Um, yeah, I just finished. Did you just finish just now, too? I did. And I feel like we should apologize to everyone for bringing them another cocoa list. <laughs> <Week. I know. laughs> 
<laughs> oh, well, I guess, first of all, welcome to Paranormal Captivity. I always feel like we forget to say it. Oh, I yeah. guess people know what they're clicking on. But welcome to Paranormal Captivity. <laughs> Maybe they do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they just end but... up listening to something that they're like, oh, yeah, this is whatever. And then we're all of a sudden like, and cats. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, this is chit chat. And this is fine. And then, yeah, we're like, wait, we're extremely intense cat ladies. <laughs> Um, well, welcome, all of you, whether or not you are extremely intense cat people. Uh, <laughs> we're glad you're here. Yeah, so today we are finally getting to uh, Coco's origin story. <laughs> and the first not. fourth. Well, <laughs> I mean, we did the poll. I was basing, basing it on the poll and being like, okay, so we did the poll. We're finally getting to the thing that we said we were going to do. And this fourth, we're so sorry. This fourth does not include Coco. <laughs> not even like a mention. <laughs> no, although there are some well, like there slick is... cat mentions. Yeah, there is I a have mention a of there is a mention of, of Coco. We just don't know that it's Coco yet. Well, do we? Because I think Yeah, yeah I, I read the did right. we read we should read the blurb on the back because it actually like tells you where Coco comes from. That's true. Although I think I did I think. do the blurb last week for the intro because we messed up. Sorry, everyone. We did not get our butts in gear quick enough. Um, but yeah, I did blurb it. I think there are maybe two separate blurbs because oh, the one okay. I read last week didn't have, I don't oh. think it had that same, although we could literally just go back and listen and <laughs> yeah, or, think, or reread it. Yeah, I think I think the blurb on my Kindle ebook says where coco comes from yes i think mine does too or yeah, the blurb on amazon before i bought it i can't remember well either way let's blurb it just to make ever make us all feel better that coco does actually show up do you want to blurb it this time <laughs> i feel like that could be fun i blurbed it last time you can blurb it this time blurbity blurb 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 blurbity blurb blurb okay about this book my blurb here on this ebook does not mention coco I mean, it mentions, yeah, I, it doesn't men- I mean, it mentions Coco, but it doesn't mention where he comes from. So I can read the blurb and then tell everyone what the other blurb said. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I don't have internet, so I can't look up the other blurb. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to look, but if you tell me where to look, I can do it as I have internet. I think it's, I think it's just on Amazon. I think it's the, like, read an ep- excerpt of this book before you buy it. And I think there's, like, a little paragraph that is blurby but like different from the actual blurb oh because i think that's the one i read oh my god sorry everyone's probably listening like what are you even talking you guys are a mess <laughs> um i think that's the one i read last week really yeah let me All see right. well let me <laughs> i'll read this oh, son of a bitch where'd it go i'll read this blurb now okay okay <laughs> oh my god why can't I click on the right thing? I just keep like v out of sorts. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, here we go. Okay. The first cozy mystery in the beloved New York Times best-selling cat who series. Exclamation oh. point all in caps. All right. The world of modern art is mystery to many, but for Jim Quillerin it turns into a mystery of another sort when his assignment for the daily flexion leads down the path to murder. Dun, dun, dun. 
a stabbing in an art gallery, vandalized paintings, a fatal fall from scaffolding. This is not at all what Quillerin expects when he turns his reporter talents to art. But Quillerin and his newly found partner Coco, the brilliant Siamese cat, are in their element, sniffing out clues and confounding criminals intent on mayhem and murder. This riveting beginning to the Cat Who series is the perfect cozy mystery for cat lovers to start sleuthing. Yeah, that's so, the same one that I have in Amazon. <laughs> oh, boo. Then where did I read where Coco actually comes from? I know it was on a blurb. Because I, I definitely did too. I actually don't know either. But yeah, I did the same thing. Um, but basically, so yeah, let's just maybe tell people at one point we read a mysterious blurb somewhere that apparently doesn't <laughs> exist anywhere else. Um, that in the in this blurb this mystery blurb it actually said that coco previously belonged to what one of the art dealers right so i can't remember who it was i think it's the art critic oh yeah maybe yeah so in the the blurb that i read i read it very quickly not realizing that i was going to have to actually like commit it to memory and explain it to people <laughs> <laughs> I mean fair yeah so the the kind of sense that I got from it was that Quillerin meets someone in the art realm I'm thinking it's the critic that everyone hates um, oh that's and, a good point I hadn't even thought that yeah and I think he like maybe lives in like the same apartment complex that Quillerin lives in or the same hotel that he lives in and oh. so Quillerin gets swindled into cat sitting for this guy, and then the guy ends up dead. Oh, you got oh, okay, yeah, that's true. They have been kind of ramping it up to make you think that it is the art critic that dies, even though we have not even gotten that yet. We so. haven't gotten there yet, but that's what I got from the blurb that I read. And I could uh, be reading okay. into things because, again, it was a blurb. It did not give very many details, and it was like one sentence that I'm like gathering all of this from. <laughs> Yeah, it was on purpose trying to tease you. So maybe it was leaving out some stuff. Maybe it was leaving out some stuff. Maybe it was not not giving me everything and I'm jumping to conclusions. Um, I just realized, did we even say the name of the book? No. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, guys, sorry. We are just <laughs> in a state it's today. Coco's origin story. Yeah, it's so this is the absolute very first book, although I guess you got that from the blurb. Um, this is the first Cat Who book that we're doing um, per the poll we put online. And we're so ex- we were like really excited. Per the poll. Per the poll. And um, yeah, so we uh, are reading The Cat Who Could Read Backwards. And uh yeah, that's where we are today. We were we read uh, chapters one through four, so we're going to do it in fourths again. And uh, yeah, we'll bring that to you hot and fresh right now. Yeah. Yeah. So this book, I feel like we should preface by saying that this book was written in the 60s. Yeah, this book feels way older than the ones we, even though, you know, it's funny too, thinking about like even the ones that we've read that are like, even just being written in the 90s make it feel make them feel old 
but these feel this one feels rolled <laughs> yeah and is in fact rolled <laughs> is in fact real old yeah quote one of Quillerin's first complaints because he is a cranky old man from the start but one of his first complaints yes is about an electric pencil sharpener and how he oh. never thought he would see the day <laughs> my god yes that was truly alarming uh yeah. could not even really wrap my mind around that one <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i thought that was funny oh man um yeah, yeah so this book starts it like you know kind of jumps right in in this great place where Quillerin is uh I mean you say interviewing but it's actually more like that people are just trying to give him a job <laughs> yeah uh, it so we I think we benefit a little bit from like reading ahead and knowing Quillerin's backstory because we don't get it yes. in, in this yeah it is really interesting because yeah we could fill in the blanks pretty immediately when I'm sure, yeah, if you start reading, you just could, and then you'd get that later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he does. He does start. I'm assuming after his rock bottom train incident. Yeah, yeah, because it kind of says that he's the clues that we do get are that he is um, that he's interviewing for this job. He hasn't really had a ton of great jobs. Uh, he's had well, he has had some great ones, but. Um, he hasn't had anything good recently he's had a lot of like small jobs that even he says are not worth mentioning um, and that he he keeps using the phrase worn out his welcome at other papers which yeah definitely hints at his alcoholism and I assume probably depression too because yeah didn't he like kind of also and right he like ended up on a train track and was kind of not a great situation sounded like his drinking and his marriage both kind of spiraled at the same time right right and so yeah, yeah. I, can, I can imagine yeah because he it did say something like hinted at him like starting his career really strong and then having like smaller and smaller jobs for shorter and shorter time periods yeah because it already mentioned city of brotherly crime that he has already written well, it didn't call it by name, but we know it to be the city of brotherly crime. City of brotherly crime. Yeah. And the, the guy who's giving him a job at the newspaper seems to know him and be like, oh, yeah, Quillerin, like, you were one of the greats back in the day. Of course you can have a job, even though he hasn't had a stellar reputation for a while, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the guy seems, like, younger, too, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think he says something like, you know, you really inspired me in college or something like that. It's yeah. like, eh, not great. Although, Quillerin seems a little bit younger in this book, too. I mean, he's still a cranky old man, but it sounds like his mustache is salt and pepper instead of entirely gray. That's true. That is true. We get a lot of descriptions. Again, still with the pretty gross descriptions of his mustache. <laughs> yeah. And still describing women by their measurements. Oh, yeah. This one was even worse. And I assume, you know, because it's in the... Older. Yeah, much older. Pretty much right off the bat in the first chapter, we get someone just kind of jocularly describing a woman truly exactly by her measurements. Yeah. Um, Doing that, like, you know, 35, 24, 34 thing. And it's like, yeah, okay. You don't need to... No, 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 no. Like, A, how do you know that? And B, gross. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Ugh. 
So Quillerin has this conversation with the editor um, who is younger than him and is saying like, well, I don't know if I really want to like, you know, what's the, what's the job? And the editor says, well, it's in the, it's on the city desk, but Mm -hmm. it's in the art section. And Quillerin immediately is kind of like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like I'm being put out to pasture as an old we, man with no more life left in me. Oh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he starts thinking like, you know, of headlines for his own career as like, you know, yeah, exactly. Put out to pasture or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then he also, we also get to see um, pretty quickly someone we know. Arch Riker Arch. is... Yeah, it's the editor of the city desk that Quillerin is working for. Or he doesn't decide until maybe, like, a chapter later that he's actually going to work for. Um, yeah, he, like, kind of, he, like, takes, he doesn't take the job, but he just kind of, like, starts acting like he is in the job. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, halfway through, he's like, I'll take it. And I'm like, what did you do? You've been working here for, like, a day. Yeah. No, it is really funny because he's, like, well, should I do a like a practice run basically or like a like a sample assignment? And everyone's like, Well, yeah, sure. And even though I think they're all kind of like, Don't you just want to take the job? Like you <laughs> yeah, should like, like need the job and he's like, I need a job and everyone's like, Okay, so you basically are taking the job. Fine. We're we're just gonna assume that you are taking this job until you yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't exactly. come back. And he doesn't, he sticks around. So yeah. the, thus is the beginnings of Quillerin's time at the Daily Fluxion, yeah. um, which is also pretty, pretty epic, pretty iconic yeah. in yeah. Uh, the Cat Who lore. But yeah, so he also pretty immediately, him and our Riker, like they don't really spend much time at the office and they're like pretty immediately like, well, let's go to the press club and have lunch. And so they yeah. go have lunch. Well, and this is not this might have been confusing, but um, this is not the first time that Quillerin is meeting Archriker. Well, no, right, because he knows Archriker from, like, childhood, I think. Or from, like, college. I, I think they went to the same journalism school. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but he's known them forever, and I think they, they're, like, going back to their, like, usual spots, because it sounded like they'd worked together, too. Yeah, I think they had worked together. I don't think he meant this press club particularly was his, the one he would go to with Arch. I think he was just saying in general, he loves press clubs and like knows, Uh you know, what they're like and, you know, what what types of people are there at what times and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Although I could have misread that too. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tell if he was like coming back to this city after a while or if this was like a new city that Arch just happened to be in. Yeah, or right if in the way of like pickaxe and small towns are glorified if it's like it doesn't really matter what city it is because all cities are the same and you know, that yeah. whole the whole thing. Yeah. But either way they do go to the press club and mm-hmm. we do it's really it is really interesting knowing Quillerin's background with alcohol because otherwise you really I mean you could probably guess maybe, but you wouldn't really know because um he's the one that suggests they sit at the bar and then like really demonstratively orders tomato juice that the bartender's trying to like fancy up not even with alcohol just with like a it sounds like he's trying to make him like a bloody mary mix or something that's like you know a little fancier and he's like no i don't want just tomato juice <laughs> just plain unsalted tomato juice <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like you know he drinks that and they kind of talk him and arch 
And um, they start talking about Quillerin's first assignment, which is to write about art. Art. <laughs> well, specifically, <laughs> um, this guy. Shoot, what's his name? I don't know. I wasn't going to even try. <laughs> oh, no. All right, hang on. Let me find he it. He looks like a cherub um, and paints on. only babies. Cal Halepe. That was a hard name to remember. That's a weird one. Yeah. I feel like um, I was almost to remembering Cal. Like, I, I could have <laughs> come up with it in, like, another three seconds. <laughs> oh, well. I never, never would have know remembered. Now. Never would have remembered <laughs> Halepe. <laughs> no, Halepe is pretty far from anything. Yeah. I will, yeah, point out that it probably would have been easy to remember if I had committed to memory Quillerin's little quip about, like, how, oh, shit, I already remember guys <laughs> Oh my god. I'm not gonna tell you. You gotta remember the quick Halope. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when Quillerin was like, Halope or hell to pay. (laughs) Yes, that's right. (laughs) So we really should have remembered that. (laughs) Actually, and my favorite part about that is that Arch just looks at him and goes, Don't be cute. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is great. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, also, can I just say this has nothing to do with anything, but Chuni just came and sat down next to me hmm. and he spent the week at grandma and grandpa's house. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he needed some time to, to run around and be crazy. But ever since he's come back, he has smelled like patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mom's been putting essential oils on him. <laughs> I can't tell if he like if he like rolled in her essential oil <laughs> drawer or if he just like by proxy smells like essential oils because he lived in that house for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like you get the air there is uh scented. <laughs> yeah. Buddy, you oh, smell bud. like oils. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, like bud. You smell like an oil drawer. Oh, he doesn't care. No. Oh man. Well, okay. So, Quillerin does take this first assignment, and mm-hmm. he goes to interview Cal Halepe, mm-hmm. and he's been talking to Arch, and like kind of the reason he makes that like sassy quip is because he's starting to hear a lot about how the art world art world is very like or the art world in this town or in the city is very um, cutthroat that mm-hmm. the art mm-hmm. critic that Quillerin technically works alongside but hasn't met is like kind of this crazy like just rips everyone to shreds except these two this one artist and an art dealer and um just every cow halope is kind of a part of it because he's oh god sorry Franklin's like trying to pull the door open Franklin (laughs) okay I fully expect Franklin to be back in here in one second (laughs) (laughs) great but oh god oh yeah so the art world is like really crazy and Quillerin that's actually one of the reasons that Quillerin is like okay I'll do it because he's like so used to criminals and like I think the joke is that it's like you know needs to be a little dramaful for him for it to Mm -hmm. be interesting Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm mm-hmm so I think that's mostly the first chapter. Is it the second chapter where he goes to Cal's house? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he does go to Cal's house to interview him, mm-hmm. and uh, we get this, like, funny, kind of boring afternoon, <laughs> where, like, Cal, apparently he spends, like, six hours there or something, trying to yeah, get Cal to like, answer questions. Nothing really happens. We just kind of get a sense that this guy is, like, a little bit crazy, and he is, so Quillerin gets this assignment on a pink slip which apparently means like this is highly important you have to do it so we don't really know like why this guy is so exciting because he really does paint only like cupid looking babies that's kind of his thing um and i think that's like maybe kind of where the art world is like split in this book because he is more of a commercial artist yeah whereas the the artist that the the controversial art critic loves seems very like when we start getting introduced to her painting she seems very like abstract i don't really know her terms (laughs) yeah i don't really either but she sounds more like more like what you would see in like maybe like a contemporary art gallery yeah it sounds like those paintings because we we get some descriptors of like what the paintings look like when Quillerin goes into her and her husband's art gallery and it's like triangles on white paper so it just it's it's not it's very not commercial right is what I'm trying to say (laughs) or at least like not like art world commercial as opposed to like yeah cows sound very much more like almost like commission paintings but not quite and Mm -hmm. you know yeah they're very more like a hallmarky i guess is what i would was kind of thinking yeah yeah that sounds right so quillerin goes to cow's house yes i think that's (laughs) where we are (laughs) yeah i got a little lost um yeah so he he pulls up and it kind of seems like this guy is like i mean he is self proclaimed good at making money and it like shows it seems like he for the for the 60s is living in quite the state of the art mansion yeah yeah with a sunken living room and everything yeah and it even takes Quillerin's picture like at the gate yeah which for the 60s is actually very impressive yeah I actually thought that too I was like oh my god that seems very ahead of its time yeah for sure he has like well, he doesn't really have a doorman. He has like a butler, but he like he opens the door himself. So he's not like oh yeah. He doesn't have like a guard or anything, but he does have someone who like brings them tea or whatever they drink. Coffee? Who like yeah, I think it was coffee and but like even that I yeah, what did he call maybe like a I feel like he called him something weird like a housekeeper. But then it turns out that that guy is actually an artist, too, and is, like, kind of in their art world community. And Mm -hmm. so it's even, like, weird that he has him working for him in a job that he clearly hates because he, like, glowers at at, uh, Quiller and is kind of like, why are you here making me work type (laughs) attitude. (laughs) But if you haven't made a name for yourself in the art world, gotta have a daytime job. That's true, and it might as well be for Cal Halepay. Yeah, so Quillerin goes there and learns just about absolutely nothing about yeah. Cal and 
his life. Not that he's necessarily dodging all of Quillerin's questions. It just seems like he's kind of eccentric and like ignores every social cue and just kind of like goes on his own rampages. Yeah, Quillerin will be like, hey, like, so why do you paint children in like weird curly hair? Like, why is that your thing? And then he'll just be like, oh, there's a party tonight. Do you want to go to this party? It's really like an art party and I can get you in and you should really cover it for blah, blah, blah. And he kind of like rants through a bunch of things that doesn't really answer any of Quillerin's questions. Yeah. So he's, we get the sense that he's a little strange. He's also very young. And aside from being very rich, he seems very like, like his, his tastes are not very rich. (laughs) yeah yeah what's what's the word to describe someone like that like he serves hot dogs for lunch and like comes to the door in like basically sweatpants and like holy socks oh yeah he he seems pretty like seems pretty chill (laughs) (laughs) like pretty chill guy aside from being like a little weird which i forgot about the hot dog thing but i meant to bring that up actually because quillerin now as we know him eats hot dogs so i wondered if he had gotten that from from cal Oh yeah, Quillerin and his his poor hot dogless time on yeah. Potato Mountain. <laughs> yeah, never got to eat a hot dog. <laughs> never to this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so funny. But yeah, so he kind of comes back from that a little rattled. And was this a hazing? Like he actually goes back to the press club with Arch and. Uh, is kind of like was this a hazing like was this a real job to do like why are we why do I have to do this mm-hmm. and then Arch kind of gives him a little bit more information which is that Cal Halape is very upset at the Fluxia the Daily Fluxia because juicy gossip oh yeah. we actually get that at Cal's place Cal goes on the rampage well but we don't get the money part until arch talks about it later Uh, yeah that's true the one thing that quillerin does kind of get from cal he mentions the the other art critic whose name i'm never gonna remember because it's really long (laughs) oh yeah here let me pull it up it's really ridiculous yeah it's a three namer plus letters or plus like numbers at the end the third and like the third uh yeah let's see George Bonnefeld Mont Clemens the third. Yeah. So Quiller mentions that guy, who we think slash I think is Coco's current owner. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I did not think that. If I hadn't known the blurb, I actually would have thought because um Cal actually at one point while he's talking to Quiller and says that they have a cat that is having kittens. So if I didn't know anybody, uh... I would have thought yeah that's where Coco came from but uh, that's true that I mean it could be I could have misread oh no I think we know I think you're right but (laughs) we shall see we shall see we shall see see. maybe (laughs) those kittens are where yum yum comes from (gasps) oh my god maybe maybe we technically meet both of them in the same book and we just don't know (gasps) oh my god mind blown but yeah anyway so Quillerin does mention the other art critic and Cal goes on a rampage of like oh he's terrible and he only likes this one lady and she's awful and they're both frauds and she just married a (laughs) so-and-so and and so she gets in for free and I can't remember the connections but she apparently she married 
a gallery owner. Yeah, she married um, a deal, an art dealer. Oh, and an so art together, dealer. Yeah. Yeah. They own a gallery together yeah. that mostly just shows her art yeah. amongst others. So, right. So he, Cal, uh, accuses her of just kind of like having a having an easy in because of who she married. Right. Yeah. And so Quillerin does decide i think oh so sorry yeah so then arch so when he's then talking to arch Mm -hmm. uh back at the press club arch kind of reveals a little bit more and says like yeah so uh cal was so upset at george bonifield mont clemens the third um because he kind of ripped him a new one at one of his last art showings that he this you know has so much money he had been uh I guess just donating money to the newspaper like he had been an investor at some point in the in the newspaper like had been giving them a lot of money and then pulled it because he was so mad at the art critic and so the newspaper then became you know sort of in the middle of this um this like hard rock in a hard place because they weren't gonna fire the art critic because he brought in a lot of like readership and engagement and like interaction with people because of his you know hot heated reviews but they also needed Cal's money back and so they're having Quiller in which I think is a kind of a lofty thing to give to like the new guy who doesn't really have a great proven <laughs> track record <laughs> yeah although I I think that new people can like weasel their way in a little bit easier because I will say, in in my position, not to name names of organizations that, like, have, have weirdness between them. But, like, in my first couple of months, my, my director did give me a couple of emails to send that I was like, oh, yeah, sure, of course, I'll, like, I'll ask this person for, like, whatever information that we need. But then, like, later on, I learned, like, oh, it's because they're mad at him. But, like, I'm new, <laughs> so they can't really say no to me. <laughs> That's true. Like, like, they don't know who I am. Of, well, Cooler does definitely. He is kind of in that position where people kind of give him a little bit more credit, um, even though they he is from the newspaper that they you know kind of love to hate on because of the critics. So that yeah. definitely is yeah. pretty true. So yeah. yeah, you can't really like meet someone new who has no background and be like, "That's all your fault. I'm not talking to you." Because he can easily come in and be like, "Oh, sorry, I wasn't there, but like, tell me about it." Right, yeah, which he definitely does. And mm-hmm. yes, maybe that was a good choice on their part. So Quillerance has now, he realizes, been given the assignment of actually just smoothing every, kind of trying to smooth things over between people. And so he, you know, kind of puts it in this, he basically just is like, yeah, fine, I'll do it. He doesn't like it, but he'll do it. He said it like a number of times. He's like, I don't like this, but he's going <laughs> to What die. does Quillerin like? <laughs> I mean, true. Not much. His cats, which doesn't even have yet. So what is he even like now? He's a miserable old bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) We got a real extra sad sack quillering because he doesn't even get his cats yet. Yeah. He doesn't have any money yet either. So he's like living in an old crappy hotel that serves cold eggs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. The next morning he's like eating cold eggs for breakfast at this like weird I didn't even get much of the description but I was like I don't like this place <laughs> even like by your minute descriptions that I'm not yeah. paying attention to really <laughs> yeah he's he's living in a hotel that's what yeah. is happening and not a very nice hotel yeah no it doesn't seem like it 
But so Quillern does decide because he's decided to write this article. He um, decides that he's going to go to this party that Cal mentioned. So mm-hmm. he does go to this party and has kind of a weird time, although kind of a fine time. Not yeah. much. Sounds really like not. he has a the good good time, I guess. I don't know. So it, it kind of sounds like this is like a Valentine's Day party. Yeah, which is timely because we are it's right all Valentine's that time. Day. <laughs> yeah. <That's true. laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's a, uh, I actually don't remember what it's for. Is it a fundraiser? I honestly don't think they even gave a, like, a real... Gave a reason oh, for it? It's just a yeah. party? I think it was just one of those, like... It's like an art art people party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, everyone's kind of just getting together. Yeah, but the theme was, like, Valentine-y type stuff. It was. So it was, um, everyone was supposed to come dressed as, like, famous couple from history but obviously Quillerin is a a one-man show so he just came in a suit but he does get to spend all evening with Cal's lovely wife who gets described multiple times in ways that I do not appreciate (laughs) no they are very much just looks wise and also slightly racist too because yeah um, they don't actually even say what her heritage is but they do say things like she looked i'm not, i don't even want to say it i truly don't it's really not it's just dated is yeah. i guess what it is um yeah but we we do know that she is not white because they describe her as exotic which yeah. is unfortunate right yeah and we also get her measurements which is also unfortunate yeah we get but... her measurements like three different times yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we yeah but i you know despite the descriptors she does seem like a really fun person she does actually yeah like all of the interactions that quillerin had with her like she seemed really lively and like fun and intelligent and he, like, surprisingly didn't breathe lustily at her. No, but he does dance the night away with her. He does dance the night away with her, but he doesn't give, like, a weird... He doesn't get any, like, weird mustache tingles with her. That's he gets true. weird mustache tingles with the next lady that talks to him. That's true. Yeah, before he even turns around, he hears this voice and he's like, oh, my mustache. <laughs> and then he, like, describes it, you know, because it's the first book. So it goes into the description of, like sometimes uh, Quillerin just gets mustache to you know sometimes he can just tell things by his mustache and then of course it went into the thing of like and he always loved the voice of a you know charming lady or something like that that was like okay <laughs> yeah oh, gross Quillerin but yeah. this lady turns out to be um artiste Zoe Lambreth the, um, the and- one artist that George likes yeah right and mm-hmm. so there's like a little bit of mystery there because Quillerin's already kind of like I don't know anything about art. Why does he like you and not anyone else? Yeah. And, uh, but then he talks to her and she seems rather nice too, a little scatterbrained because she, I guess, had like was supposed to bring the like reach out to newspapers and like get some press coverage for that party, mm-hmm. and then just 
didn't and everyone was kind of like mad about it but she came up to him and was like oh I hope that doesn't like spray you one way or another you should definitely still cover this party and like I don't think there's anything else in that conversation is there yeah she invites him to her gallery because oh yeah oh what's her name Cal's wife Sandy Sandy yeah I think it is Sandy that seems right I guess Oh, yeah, Sandra Halepe, and then she mm, Sandra, okay, yeah. demands yeah. that he call her Sandy. Oh, yes, okay, Sandy, our good our good friend Sandy. Um, so out, while Quillerin was dancing the night away with the lovely measured Sandy, she talked to him about just, like, stuff, I guess, like art, and offered to to teach him a little bit about art appreciation and art history because Quillerin has zero experience yeah but then once we meet Zoe she was like oh I don't know if you want to learn about art from her I'm a little bit worried about what she's gonna (laughs) tell you she's not a real artist and her husband is so commercial like come to my art gallery instead so we get a little bit of like a rivalry there. Yeah, everyone's very um I don't even know what the right word is, but everyone's very like um I mean definitely competitive, but also like a little bit manipulative too. Yeah, but um yeah, I don't know if we get anything else in Zoe's conversation, but throughout the night with Sandy, um we do get introduced to a few different artists in the community. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we we hear about like the the old man who used to be a butcher who now paints oh, yeah. animals and the the like scrap metal artist do we meet anyone else um no i think that's it yeah i think that's it cuz yeah and then um i think it's the scrap metal artist who uh one of the last scenes that we get of the party when quiller and leaves is that uh i think her name is butchie yeah the that sounds right. Yeah, and because she... she came as Mark Antony. Yes. Yeah. And Cleopatra, but she was Mark Antony. Yeah. She, as Quillerin walks into this one room, he finds her uh, standing up and like giving people darts to shoot at, kill the critic. Uh, mm, right. They have like a picture of George, the art critic, and everyone's like throwing darts at it. Lauren's like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go by. Oh, yeah. Also, we see the artist slash butler. Did oh, we yeah. see what his job description was? Yeah, um, art, I mean, definitely artist slash butler is correct. <laughs> <laughs> the artist slash housekeeper, houseboy. Yeah. Man, manservant. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was there with his girlfriend. And then we also meet his girlfriend again in the museum. The next day, when yeah. Quillerin goes to the museum, she's like the coat lady. Um, yeah. So I feel I feel like these could all potentially be important people to know for the future. Like they could potentially all be suspects in the murder that has not happened yet. That's true. Yeah, they definitely are all kind of positioning themselves that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because Quillerin also goes to. <laughs> Can you hear Franklin? <laughs> Franklin. Do you wanna do you wanna go out? Okay. Let's see how long that get, buys us. <laughs> um, you should get one of those no, well you're renting, you probably don't want this. But have you seen those like 
hinges that you like slice off the corner of your door and like reattach it on a hinge so a cat can flap through it oh no is it like a like a dog door for like an yeah outdoor? it's basically a dog door but you're just like cutting off the corner of your door and like oh, oh i see oh that's funny yeah <laughs> Oh, man. But then you really can't keep them from going in. Can you, like, close it? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Well, yeah. I don't I don't think my landlord would like that. <laughs> no, probably not. Especially since you're technically not allowed to have animals. I know, yeah. Um, oh, shoot. Sorry. I keep derailing us. Where were no, we? Oh, because the other place Quillerin goes uh, the next day is um, Zoe Lambreth's gallery. So he goes to both oh, the gallery God. and the museum kind of to check around and like look into because he doesn't quite think there's a mystery yet. He just I think is kind of intrigued by these weird people. Yeah, I think he's also trying to figure out like how to turn it into a story because after his right, yeah, after his uh, interview with Cal, he was like, I can't write this this isn't a story this is just a yeah thing. he gave me nothing except like yeah. a marketing pitch like I can't mm-hmm. um yeah so the other thing Quiller and Fine so he does go to uh the local art museum mm-hmm. and he has a a very brief chat with the former director who is uh, leaving because he has turned in his resignation because through a like Good series riddance. of events I well, <laughs> just well, yeah, we don't know. He was probably you're really director. taking a hard line there, Jules. <laughs> well, we don't know that. Yeah, I mean, some know. people would say that because yeah. it is. I it's guess. part of the controversy. It is, yeah, because it turns out that George, uh, Georgie, also as he's known, the critic, wrote a scathing review about the the art museum and the director i guess it because of that they lost like a million dollar grant and then which would have like led to more investors and all this other stuff so because of that the director actually resigned and is v mad and he he was one that was not even letting quiller and pull the like i'm new card because he was very much like no i'm not even talking to you i gotta go yeah your uh, newspaper yeah exactly so Quillern kind of putters around the museum and then uh is left with some questions I think that was when he was like mulling over questions in his head of like what is good art what is bad art and then I mean then he has some actual questions about people including the the art critic Mm-hmm. oh no maybe those are after he meets because then he goes to the art gallery yeah I think the what is good art what is bad art was after the the art gallery because he he comments on the there's like one painting that is apparently like you know bajillion dollars and this like famous artist from Italy and it's like a few triangles and Quillerin's like if you turn it upside down it would just look like sailboats but like then the gallery or the the critic had like torn to shreds like earlier torn to shreds the sailboat artist <laughs> or oh, like the, yeah. the other show that was like about sailboats that Quillerin was like oh I really like these and the oh that's right yeah the guy had like torn it to shreds he was like but he loved these like triangles that are just upside down sailboats but that's even right. the actual sailboats like what is art this <laughs> what is even actually, is this this whole section that's like my favorite part is like Quillerin like and you don't ever know if he's being like 
purpose it's a little bit both like i think he's being a little bit purposefully dumb so that he's like really he basically is just playing this like i don't know anything about art and i don't give a shit but he's also interviewing this like art critic or this art not critic sorry he's interviewing this art dealer who is zoe lambreth's husband and oh my gosh he just immediately i think willard like immediately doesn't like him because he's kind of stuck up and like doesn't really show much show much emotion and so Quillerin just like plays this card of like I don't know about art and I don't care about it and I don't care about you and mm-hmm. like he just really needles him a lot throughout the whole like interaction it's really funny mm-hmm. and my one of my favorite parts of that whole interaction is when um the art dealer guy is like Quillerin asks about the frames mm-hmm. and then uh the art dealer take is like well maybe you like that more than the actual art and like takes him up to this like framing area where cool and like asks a bunch of questions about the frames and like which was kind of like going back to one of the art critics um not so great reviews the one of the most recent ones was like really sniping because he just talked about the framing choices of the that was the sailboat one was it (laughs) yeah 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 he was like like, oh and he chose this lovely frame for like such and such and oh this frame and that frame and oh good thing he didn't put anything too distracting in them oh what a jerk (laughs) yeah so i don't know does anything else happen i feel like that actually might kind of be the end of where because then we get the questions quillerin's like what is good art what is bad art i clearly don't know the difference and then is kind of saying too like why does the critic stay if the critic really thinks that this whole town is like devoid of art why does he stay here and like i think is kind of starting to suspect the art critic of something yeah so he i think the the end of the chapter he goes back to arch and he's like is this guy even real like i'm starting to believe that it's not even like a real guy it's just like a pseudonym and like it's just like a bunch of people just throwing in like random controversial articles or like maybe it's i don't know like robot or like something else but it's definitely not a real guy so he does get a meeting with the guy oh, or yeah. he gets he gets like a suggestion for a meeting we're like one step away from a meeting with the guy so i feel like coco's gonna come into the story pretty soon yeah like i part of me even wonders if this guy is gonna be dead when quillerin fight like if quillerin's just gonna find him dead no because he's gotta get roped into cat sitting oh right <laughs> i keep forgetting the blurb that is not even a blurb anywhere anymore <laughs> yeah, the, the mystery blurb that i like definitely made up <laughs> because i don't no one can find it anymore <laughs> oh man well uh i think that's about it guys like sorry we kind of muddled through that it was it was i have to admit this one was like a little harder to grasp than most of them and i think it was in the same way that some of the early ones that we read even from like the cat who saw red were a little bit harder to like recap and grasp than some of the newer ones that we like the cat who moved a mountain. They're definitely not as exciting. I feel yeah. Like her, her early books are pretty like, like one trick ponies, you know, like there's one like big exciting thing that happens that they'll like, everything's kind of built around and everything else is just filler. Yeah. True. Yeah. Which is like, the newer books we get a lot more like nuance and a lot more characters and mm-hmm. different little bits of controversy happening and yeah more little um, side stories 
Yeah. Although it is kind of interesting to think about how I think she must, um, Lillian Jackson Braun must be, maybe she is an artist or maybe she just really admires art. Not to say that writing's not an art, it definitely is, but I meant like, you know, ceramics because she talks about pottery and like painting because she talks about painting here and mm-hmm. Shakespeare, like stage. Like she definitely delves into a lot of different like forms of art, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Definitely not a scientist for sure. <laughs> not talking about science yet. <laughs> That's truly fair. <laughs> yeah. But she has a cat lover, <laughs> as is Georgie. That's true. Georgie is. Oh, and one of the best parts of this book so far is that Quillerin, when he pulls all of. Um, so he goes back to the newspaper at one point and he pulls all of Georgie's reviews from, like, you know, dating back to the beginning of time. And he, it was kind of funny the way they <laughs> yeah. mentioned them, which was like, you know, all of these, you know, really bombastic, like tearing everyone to shreds and like even the I guess newspaper librarian is like you're gonna need a band-aid after you read these but then the like funny little note on it was that like Quillerin uh was like describing like yep there are all these articles all these articles and then something about the art of the cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of them wasn't even about art it was literally just like an article about how cats are like majestic (laughs) yeah yeah and how cats are basically works of art themselves (laughs) which I don't disagree with (laughs) I mean yeah they're great but if you're an art critic why are you writing about it (laughs) (laughs) yes true (laughs) you you have to make a podcast about it (laughs) I know true you gotta know the right mediums yes rant about how great cats are oh it's so true they are so great oh my gosh shadow just like oh my gosh shadow cuddled me so hard last night i kept waking up and he was like just like in the nook of like my neck and shoulders and he was just like (laughs) i had my like arm up and around and he would like cuddle into like the corner the crook of my arm and i was just like oh little buddy little guy like a terror during the day but he was so cute Oh, he came up as if he knew I was talking about him. Oh, I mean, if he's truly an alien, he probably does know you're talking about. (gasps) Hey, Shadow, are you an alien? He's not denying it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, he definitely didn't deny it. He just admitted it to me. (laughs) Oh my god. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. And um, oh my God, Shadow, of course, is going to go through the blinds and going to make it loud for a minute. <laughs> oh my God, everyone is making so much noise tonight. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, hope we get more Coco in Coco's origin story next week. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll bring you the second part. We'll probably be reading chapters. I think it has 16 chapters. So I think maybe four through uh, eight would be what we'll, what we'll read for next five, week. Five through eight. Oh, sorry. Five through eight. <laughs> <laughs> we read four this time. <laughs> Whoopsies. Yeah, this was one through four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we'll be on The Cat Who Could Read Backwards again next week. And uh, yeah, tune in for a murder. 
and for a cat adoption and uh well we don't know if the adoption happens next week we're assuming the murder happens next week that's true we're assuming a lot of things i'm just assuming it's going to be a little bit more exciting than this week was (laughs) (laughs) let's hope so otherwise (laughs) if, if we do the next one to follow up with yum yum's origin story maybe we should do half and half if nothing else is gonna be exciting (laughs) that's true that's a good point we can kind of condense them a little bit more yeah well yeah thanks again for listening guys um and so we are if you want to find us on social media we've just mostly post pictures of our cats um we're at paranormal captivity pod on instagram and paranormal pod on twitter we're on patreon at paranormal captivity and uh, we have a Gmail, paranormalcaptivitypod at gmail.com if you want to tell us anything about your pets or give us any suggestions. It's really fun, actually. Even this week, um, uh, someone was sending in a, a little suggestion for books that we could read in the future. Actually, it was really sweet. It was someone who, when I, when John and I found Shadow, she had found also a little black kitten and named, oh. it, named her Luna. Um, so that's Shadow's adoption twin. Which, yeah, cute. Um, and so, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, if you guys have any ideas for books that we, you want us to read in the future, um, you can always email us or tweet us or just let us know. We also have a book club on Goodreads. So uh, you can find it's us there. It's just this book. It's just this book right now. <laughs> it's just uh, the books we're reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do try to like keep a list of the ones that we have read and the ones that we want to read in the future. So you can always take a yeah. look at what we're doing there. There. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Thanks so much, guys. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs>